last time on Dice Funk. All the gods are dead. Uh, which is a good way to start any world, but uh, sort of the last act they did was to create these biomes, these places for people to live. Thus, this biome has been created that is almost entirely plant life. In fact, if you were to consider landmass, it is entirely plant life. There is a uh, sizable chunk of just living plants that all have been grouped together to create somewhat of an island and there is uh, a wide variety of uh, weird plant life that can be found there uh, but in addition to this this strange place of plants there is an ocean that it sits upon and in that ocean is a well that people's remains can be dropped into and then bring them back to life a resurrection well and our story concerns the top half of this adventure the above side the plant island side uh where there is a movement being done to basically make sure that the people who are getting revived are not tremendous assholes uh so a team has been put forth to basically ensure that the people being revived don't suck too much uh, and that is what you characters will be doing I am playing a character named Stranger, who is a Harvestkin, and you may be asking, what the fuck is a Harvestkin that doesn't come up when I Google anything related to D&D? Um, it's a pumpkin person. Yeah, I'm doing it. You, you, you can't stop me. I needed my plant person to be this. Um, there was no other option for me. Um, I'm going to be playing Lillian Sparage. Uh, Faye is a dryad bard, and specifically, uh, Faye is a bard of the College of Spirits, but I've kind of reflavored it a little bit to be specifically floral-themed. And the reason that Lillian is here uh, in Plant World to begin with is because Faye had a close friend of theirs that... Uh, unfortunately passed away and Faye brought them back to life by bringing them to the uh, well and now uh, wants to extend that same uh, opportunity to as many people as Faye can uh, my character is a treant named Hialeah treant has got the no copyright infringement version of the Ent from Lord of the Rings so a tree person She's seen everything, talked to everyone, uh, has a lot of experience, um, but has finally come to this place where there are seemingly endless stories to be discovered and written in calligraphy. So yeah, the, there's kind of a spectrum here of uh, uh, optimistic about resurrection, skeptical of resurrection, and then Hialeah thinks of herself as like a neutral, objective observer. She wants to write like great biographies of these people like if they're like terrible villains who can't be brought back she wants to chronicle that if they're great heroes who deserve uh, to be resurrected she wants to write about that me and my new friends here we're coming over to see you mock sent us over oh isn't this just plum wonderful this is great hey um Ah, shucks, I haven't even said my name. My name's Harper. I'm a construction here over at the gig. And uh, he is going to sort of like dry his hands on his overalls before offering Stranger a handshake. Be like, oh, oh, is it time for my brother? Oh, that's just wonderful. Really just a great day getting better.
There we go, we did it. I don't know why Austin has to make it so complicated. Atheists, imagine you're going skydiving with a Christian baby. <laughs> Suddenly the baby tells you he won't open his parachute until you renounce atheism and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What would you do? Well, this baby appears to be able to talk in full sentences as a baby. So either this is the world's smartest baby or it is Jesus. Um, <laughs> so either, well, either way, if it hits the ground, it's going to rise again in three days, right? So we're probably good. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus always rises in three days. It might have been a one-time <laughs> offer. It might have been a special coupon he cashed in. I think you can only punch that ticket once the next time Jesus dies, if that's it. Now, Dan questioned whether or not this baby was a genius, and I could uh, perhaps counter by saying perhaps it is one of the titular baby geniuses. Those are pretty smart babies. Oh, I remember baby geniuses. I mm -hmm. think we rented that on DVD when I was a kid. Did it change your life? It definitely left an impact. <laughs> On how you see babies? <laughs> on how you see geniuses? Just on uh, my uh, fucking... Just like an impact on how I viewed how CG is used in movies, because it is extremely obvious. And it wasn't even the first baby geniuses. It was the second one where they where they become superheroes. Oh, no, not super babies. Baby geniuses 2 starring John <laughs> Voight and Scott Bayo. <laughs> I feel like I've only seen the sequel. I didn't know what? the first one existed. Wait, you think you thought I they was like in my teens? You thought they started with number two, just like as a flex? <laughs> I I truly hate this poster. I hate everything about this poster. Statistically speaking, what is the anomaly that we have two people on here who have seen Baby Geniuses two Super Babies, but have not seen the original Baby Geniuses? I'm sorry, I've just learned some new fun information. Three direct-to-video sequels follow the film. Baby Geniuses and the Mystery of the Crown Jewels. Baby Geniuses and the Treasure of Egypt. And Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby. With Voight appearing as various characters throughout the series. John Voight, I know your brain is pudding, you sad, pathetic little man. But what the fuck do you think you're doing? Does the producer of Baby Geniuses have some fucking nasty dirt on you? What are you doing? Do you just really like talking babies? I have a, I have a question, because I don't remember these movies at all. I was, uh, I think, three years old when the first one came out. Um, are they, like, super smart for Babies or are they geniuses themselves? Like, let, me, can, let me take could, this. As someone who's seen the first two films, I can actually yeah, you know the lore. Out for you. Yeah, I know the lore. The, the lore in this universe is actually that all babies know all the secrets of the universe, and when you grow up, you forget them. So ever all babies are actually geniuses. Uh, at Wait a minute. Are we saying that Boss Baby lifted its plot for baby geniuses? I don't. This is a big outrage. I've never seen Boss Baby. That seems like a kind of a knockoff of a you know, superior film, so I wouldn't lower myself to watching <laughs> Boss Baby. I'm sorry. I just need to read the plot synopsis that I'm seeing for Baby Geniuses 2. Uh huh. Quinn, how do you feel about this being the episode? This is how it is sometimes. Uh -huh. You show up having prepared all day, you have all the numbers figured out, your plot, your characters, and then some of these fucking yahoos are like, let me tell you about this John Voight vehicle. <laughs> The baby geniuses become involved 
<laughs> the baby geniuses become involved in a scheme by media mogul Bill Biscayne, also known as Kane, who kidnaps children everywhere. Just a wild sentence already. I guess he's just taking kids. Uh, helping the geniuses is a legendary super baby named Kahuna. Who stops oh God, Biscayne's plots Kahuna. and saves children from being kidnapped by Biscayne and his minions. Baby geniuses and the space babies on Tubi, in case you uh, want to check that one out real quick. Oh, oh damn. D- d- beloved Tubi, place where you can find so many beautiful movies like Baby Geniuses <laughs> and the Space Baby. <laughs> I will not accept Tubi slander on this podcast. Look, oh, I like yes, Tubi too. You, you can get a Baby Geniuses too on there. You can also get a Goodwill Hunting sometimes, okay? There's classics of all genres here. Oh my God. So, oh my God. You pay have... some respect. <laughs> oh my God. Is this real? I'm going to be watching this throughout their episode. You cannot believe how this looks. This is like sub YouTube sketch level. <laughs> if, if I remember right, I think the the Kahuna, the super baby, the uh-huh. like the the, pre, the progenitor super baby, is like permanently a baby. I think he just did that to himself. I don't. I, I, it's like it's like a nightmare resurfacing. He's like as old as a, like an adult man. It's like that one condition where people look young but they're old, but like more because he's the baby. Uh, holy shit! I'm sorry. Uh, Kahuna is a super baby with super strength and doesn't seemingly age. And he once rescued a group of children from an evil orphanage at the Berlin Wall run by the villainous the overseer. Can you guess who it is, folks? I I sure hope it's not who I'm worried about. <laughs> you, you're right, Quinn. It's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> what? Is that from the is that from Super Babies? Baby Genius I'm going to invoke the here, here to set un, un, uninvoked uh, Hitler rule, which is to say once Hitler has been brought up, the preamble conversation needs to come to an end. I'm lightheaded and dizzy. I'm watching this man eat ice cream in front of a green screen. Fucking John Voight could reveal his social security number in both ba- both sides of his credit card during this thing and no one would have noticed. <laughs> It had a budget of $20 million and made back 9.4. Oh, no. I feel like we're going to have to release this talk as a separate episode or something. I am I am genuine. I have Baby Geniuses 5, the space baby loaded up on Tubi, and I'm watching this as we record. I'm sorry. I just am. All right. Let's let's reconvene uh, this weekend for uh, a bonus speedpunk episode, the Baby Geniuses series review. Oh, God. I'm yes. crying. Spearpunk, of course, cry. found on Patreon for a dollar. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Dice Funk. It is episode two of the wet team, Ooh. or no, the dry team, above <laughs> team, whatever we are. <laughs> Take we are three. the above dry team. <laughs> we are above the water, so we are dry. Uh, when we aren't talking about Baby Geniuses, the film franchise uh, that was uh, beloved by many, we come here to play D&D. Uh, you may not be completely used to our voices at this point, so it's a good opportunity for us to introduce ourselves once again. We'll do this just a couple of times, and then you'll you'll know which one of us nicks is which, and uh, we'll carry on. But my name is Quinn, she, they. I am the dungeon master, uh, so I come 
with all of the little monsters and NPCs and uh, riddles and uh, elaborate dungeon puzzles that I built solely for myself because this is an exclusively audio medium. I can go next. Uh, hi, my name is Sarah. I'm Cosmignon, most corners of the web, and uh, I was invited last in season nine to play a mini arc, and then I have been lying in wait, ready to strike, until I had the opportunity to play a full season, which is now. You can support me on patreon.com slash where I post early pages of my webcomic, Runaway Jakina, and updates on the production for the comic version of the mini campaign I played in season nine. And then I also have an online shop that I'm about to put some new stickers on. They're aliens, but they're pride colors. Ooh. And who are you playing? I'm playing uh, Lillian Sparage, a theatrical uh, dryad with an accent that I'm still trying to nail down. But uh, Faye uses Faye they pronouns, is a dryad bod of uh, me and uh, Skitch did some workshopping behind the scenes. I am a bod of the College of Drama, which is technically the College of Spirits, but a little bit uh, workshopped to be more thematically relevant. Awesome. All right, who's next? Uh, hi, I'm Dan. I'm looking at a lot of baby geniuses uh, pictures right now. Um, I don't. I'm not like a promotable person. I'm. I'm just a guy that uh, Quinn dragged out of New Jersey to show up on Dice Funk every now and then. They get, and they show up on Dice Funk every now and again. Uh, I'm playing Stranger, uh, the Harvestkin Druid. He's he's a pumpkin monster. Uh, I like pumpkins in Halloween, so I I took my chance and uh, yeah. Does it hurt you at all to know that this this season is going to be released sometime around Christmas and like the the New Year season? Have you have you considered changing your character to a fur harvest skin? Uh, I think, like, if anything, I should be like uh, like just a big. I did once do a Christmas one shot with a constantly sobbing Christmas tree treat. That was fun. Uh, it was uh, how Krispy Kringle stole Christmas. Interesting. That is not that is not the only uh, holiday themed uh, or Christmas themed one shot you've been a part of as well. I thought you were going to bring up the one you were on for Dice Funk, where you played the lovable. Uh, what was it, Garbo? Well, that, that was that was Gorbo Gutterslump, the greatest Gorbo. hero to ever live. <laughs> uh, and in that story, there was no Christmas trees. There was a snowman with human teeth, however, and that was. Deeply uncomfortable for, I think, everyone involved. And also skin. I think it had skin. It was a rough time for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm here to have a good time, roll dice. And man, these pictures of baby geniuses are real rough. Please, Austin, take the next step. We gotta get, we gotta get moving. Yeah, update. I'm still watching baby geniuses in the space, baby. Uh, the Soviet Union still exists in this universe? They've shown off a bunch of, uh, hammer and sickle, like, uh, technology here. I am watching it. Uh, with the sound off, so I'm not picking up the nuances of the plot. I'm sure there's a lot of rich world building about how the Cold War went in this universe, which I'm sure John Voight had a lot of, you know, a lot of hand in him 
being who he is. Uh, I'm Austin Yorsky, as you can probably tell. This is usually the show I'm in charge of. This time I'm just being a, a complete uh, gremlin to poor Quinn. Um, you can find me everywhere at Austin Yorsky. The most important one is patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky, where you can find Spewpunk, our bonus show for only a dollar. It's a great value. Uh, I'm on social media at Austin Yorsky in a couple places. I am playing Hialeah the Treant, who is a Baobab tree person. Um, she is a fighter, and uh, she is a calligrapher. Her her specialty is his writing a kind of illuminated manuscripts about people. That's why she's here in Dry Team to to get inspiration to maybe write some biographies. Um, and we're gonna find out more about her this episode. Uh, why they can just shoot in France? Why is it on a green screen? This, the, the tower exists. You can just go there. Uh, they don't let babies in France anymore. <laughs> okay, I forgot about ba- that. Baby geniuses and the space baby is going to have an irrevocable like effect on, on the early development of your character, Austin. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> does this does this season spontaneously become the baby geniuses season? What a kick in the face that would be for you to prepare for months and months and months, and then this to just completely change the course of everything. This scene of them eating ice cream has gone on for four minutes. Um, I, I guess Hialeah wrote ba- the in-universe equivalent of Baby Geniuses. That's the only way I can square the circle. That was like her master. Oh, so, you, so you've been exiled to this island. <laughs> yeah, she she wrote uh, like uh, uh, Sproutling Scholars or something. Uh, you know, see Wunderkin. In, a, in her society and has been shunned for her dark crimes. So so you would not pass the vibe check to be revived as a result of this? <laughs> she thinks she would, but I think it, uh, her heart might be heavier than a feather when it comes down to it. That would be great if your vibe check was just basically watching uh, Sproutling scholars for whatever. Uh, like you just had to sit through the movie, and that's what you judge people on. And I'm just weeping sap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Oh, God. Please have mercy on my dirty little heart. I fucked up so bad. Uh, well, it's interesting we bring up the vibe check because that is what you all are about to do. Last time you went and gathered the remains of Roman, Harper's brother, and you are returning to the Banyan tree. And this is going to be where you do this uh, this this ritual, this experience, so to speak. Uh, Speaker Mox is there with you and he is going to lead you to the base of this enormous banyan tree and you can see that there is at the very base of it sort of um i don't want to call it a doorway because this has not been constructed in and of itself it is it is more like a a um i guess could you say crevice for something like that like a crack essentially a crack in this tree that you're able to walk inside uh, and that is where Speaker Mox is going to lead you. Uh, be- before we go in, I think Stranger will uh, stop his two compatriots for a moment and say, um, you were close friends with this Harper, yes? Harper's still alive. Yeah, yes. I, I, he's not meaning to refer to him oh. as the... He's talking okay. about the person we just interact with. Yeah. Just, oh yeah, me and Harper have been friends since I got here. 
then I understand this is a special circumstance, but I think going forward we should take a more distant tact emotionally with the petitioners. I'm not sure it is healthy for us to get so close to someone who we might have to deny a revival to uh, to their loved ones. Oh, so you're one of those fly-in-the-wall types. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument for that, but sometimes, you know, some of the greatest true crime writing is when you get right up in there and kind of make yourself part of the story, you know, fall in love with the guy while he's in jail and uh, just really get mixed up and kind of become a main character in the whole thing. Remember Serial? That was weird. Isn't that, doesn't that potentially result in you being a victim of a true crime? And then, well, I suppose it sort of continues a cycle and then someone else gets involved and then they get murdered. I mean, it'll make me a victim of success, I'll tell you that right now. Well, hi, Leia. I love the angle. Uh, I was thinking more, uh, like, I, I understand your concern, stranger, but I feel like at a certain point it's kind of hard not to get emotionally invested. I mean, these people want to bring their loved ones back to life. I feel like it's just a certain manner of, uh, I guess, bedside manner to be nice to them and, like, hear them out before we go do a vibe check. Of course, but there is a difference between understanding their concerns and where they're coming from and, well, hugging them and being emotionally attached. He gives great hugs, though. That's the problem. He does know how to fix it with love. I mean, as long as I report accurately uh, the involvement, I don't think there's a problem, ethically speaking. I mean, you can do you. Maybe it's you're the control group, and then uh, Lillian can be friendship, and I can just be, uh, you know, writing it down. I think that's good. We have the whole uh, the plausible deniability. I'm just offering my my take on the situation. I believe it is personally best to be distant, but you are your own people. I have no control over you. That's a suspiciously specific denial. I didn't think you had any control of us until you said that. Now I'm worried. <laughs> You're quite bigger than me. I don't think that's something you should be concerned about. Hylia, I believe that you might be picking up on some foreshadowing that doesn't actually exist. Stranger just got here. Uh-huh. I got my eye on you, pumpkin. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so Speaker Mox is sitting outside of the tree, kind of waiting for you guys uh, to finish the conversation. And as it seems to end, you can look over and see him uh, having his hand around a flower that's not fully bloomed yet. And he sort of waves his arm around it. And you can see that the flower starts to like bloom sort of in uh, concurrence with the, the motion of his hand. And he'll look up and say, y'all ready? Ready for spaghetti. I had a bunch of pumpkin-shaped pasta earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Did it taste like pumpkin? No, it was was just regular pasta. That feels like a grand disappointment on many levels. Come on in. It might be a little cramp for you, uh, Hialeah, but should be all right. It's time to light the lights and put on a show. 
All right, so the three of you enter into the Bondian tree alongside Speaker Mox, and when you get inside, you find uh, a rather, um, let's say, a significantly powerful appearance to this location, very reverent. Uh, this is not like a flashy location. It is illuminated by a couple sort of um luminescent mushrooms that are growing out of the or growing along the inside of this tree and a couple of very small like motes of light that kind of flicker through but otherwise the inside of this tree is sort of a, a pitch darkness uh but hums sort of with power sort of uh, uh an energy that you can somewhat palpably feel uh can i roll nature on tree Sure, absolutely. We'd love to know about tree. I would also like to know about tree. Wow, 15. 22. 14. Yeah, we got an amazing roll from everybody here. Uh, So Stranger rolled the highest here. So I think what you're kind of seeing is uh, a grand interest. You, I think more than anyone here has an interest in what this tree is. Everyone else has lived here for a little bit of time. Uh, even though this is all of your first time in the tree, presumably, but this tree has a real energy to it that you can feel. There is, there is a, a magic here that is, uh, not arcane in any way this is definitely like a primal power of some sort this doesn't seem to be like a magic tree per se like a wizard made it or anything like that uh, but this tree is exuding this energy that does make you feel a bit at ease um you may not know exactly how it works quite yet but i believe that is uh what speaker mox has been uh saying if you have any questions he might be the person to go to he's the only one who's done this before Mm. Yeah, I think uh, Stranger uh, like steps inside and then he's kind of like he as you said, he's calmed down, but he's also kind of ta- like in awe of like the the mystical power running through here. This is probably one of the, the most like powerful <laughs> magical experiences he's ever really had in his life at the, up till this point. So it, it, it's pr- it's probably catching him off guard a little bit. Why is there a, a door, a big hole in the in tree? Why, why a door tree? Hmm. You know, that is a very good question. I think that over time, the tree opened itself up, so to speak. Hmm. Is it because banyan trees are uh, strangler figs and they consume other trees and choke the life out of them and then when the original trees rot... Uh, they leave a big space inside of them. And that could maybe play into it as well. You're the tree person. Perhaps you could educate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just saying that was that was more like Quinn to Austin and being like, oh, you think about it like a death <laughs> metaphor. It's kind of it works on multiple levels. You're you're the little tree freak. Why don't you illuminate <laughs> us? <laughs> uh. Just I. I- I think a question that I have that uh, I'll ask in character is, uh, so this tree, like, when you got here and you started doing vibe checks, was it just like this to begin with? Like, you didn't do any fancy magic yourself to make it, like, open up and do what you want it to do? Not gonna show you I've done nothing to this tree. Everything it's doing is of its own will, 
Uh, will seems like a weird word to use, but the tree has sort of made these decisions for itself. It wants to help with this, for at least as I can understand it. It wasn't always like this when I first showed up. I came just because I heard there was a great big tree. It was just over time that it opened itself up and the process sort of began. How was its, I suppose, vibe-checking power discovered? What did you said you can understand it? Did it speak to you directly? More or less, yes. The tree told me, enter inside, see what power I have, bring a body. I, I, it never really said words. It's more of a, a feeling that I get. Communicating with, with impulses, I guess. I'm putting a picture of a view from inside a banyan tree where you can see it's hollow all the way through. It's called a columnar tree. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's not naturally forming. That's where a different tree used to be before this one crushed and killed it. Because <laughs> they're cool like that. <laughs> that's sick as hell. Oh, being inside a giant banyan tree with that fucking angle, like, that does sound very, like, move you in a very primal way kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, what if we replaced it with a concrete strip mall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a movie theater that plays nothing but baby geniuses. Yep. Yeah. So- someone, yeah, photoshop- <laughs> someone photoshop an Auntie Anne's inside the street. <laughs> hey, it needs an Auntie Anne's and an FYE, and <laughs> suddenly it'll be a cool spot to hang out. Um... So do we just place his ashes here and then, well, I suppose, what's the process, Mox? Uh, I think you'll have to guide us through the first one. Don't want to fall off the bicycle. Yeah, I mean, this is a good question for for me, Quinn, as the DM, to you guys, the players. This is going to be the event you'll be doing throughout the season. So how does this process seem in your mind i I mean there are any number of ways that people can do these sorts of transformative experiences is this sort of like a meditation where you like all get down and 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 close your eyes and suddenly you feel transported is there uh you know good like a drug element to it like you're like oh drink a little tree sap and (laughs) suddenly we're there or you know hell is this like a power rangers moment where you turn your little morphers and suddenly boom vibe check time (laughs) yeah we summon the mega the megazord Um, the the thing that i've been imagining uh, is like uh taking like the ashes or the corpse or whatever you have to vibe check with and like doing something to connect it with the the tree like i in my mind there's like a little tree pedestal and you put it there and then like connect it connect to it with like the roots and then like the like everyone like gathers around that uh, I'm curious what Dan was going to say. Well, sort of uh, building off of what you said, what Austin was establishing is that these this is a type of tree that grows around and strangles other things. Uh, I would think that the natural extension of that would be we get inside and then the internal roots grow over us and the body. Ooh. Yeah, I was thinking a little bit like how in Pan's Labyrinth, you know, you kind of go from the real world to the magical world. Um, kind of gradually, like you're crossing over. So like we're going deeper into it, like the roots and stuff. It's just like one minute we're uh, on the island and the next we're in the 
the mind space or whatever. But there's also we could just like feed the person's body to the tree, right? Mm-hmm. I do like the idea that you're potentially okay. Um, uh, walking like into deeper into this tree, <laughs> and at some point you have become <laughs> you've transported into the mind the mind palace. <laughs> Oh fuck, Sarah just put a Photoshop of an Auntie Anne's inside the banyan tree. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but literally, in I'm sorry to just keep going back to this. Uh, Ophelia does go into a fig tree in Pan's Labyrinth, and uh, so that that's literally a thing that happens in that film. And she goes into a magical, uh, sees a magical toad in there. I don't know if you all remember the scene. I've never seen Pan's Labyrinth. Oh my uh, god! My point of reference is like uh, Alice uh, going into the rabbit hole, uh, Coraline going into the tiny door. Uh huh. Okay, so we're we are going to stop recording right now and go watch Pan's Labyrinth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch Baby Geniuses five. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we got to do is we got to put Baby Geniuses on one screen and we got to put Pan's uh. Labyrinth on the other one. <laughs> We had to see where they line up. Yeah, it's like Dark Side we, of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. Is- <laughs> um, I don't, I don't remember John Boyd being in Pan's Labyrinth, but he's in it a lot. Yeah, he actually he kind of kills it. Um, but yeah, I just put it in a video for the scene. I have it start at the part where she goes into the tree. So, uh, if you want to see that. Yeah, I mean this. This is up to you. I think this is a, a great opportunity to to collaborate and and decide how you characters do this. You could certainly walk into the tree, and like maybe as you continue to walk into it, uh, you could feel the roots slowly intertwine you. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, what if we do it without the ashes first, and just nothing happens? We're just stumbling around inside a big tree, right? Yes. <laughs> Oh, like you've got to be carrying them in order for anything to happen. Yeah, that make that makes like the inside, um, you know, the the body of the tree, the what we probably think of as vines, which are actually like uh, roots, uh, kind of wind around you. Makes sense to me. I like that. Take a picture or uh, take a look at this picture of what uh, the roots look like when they're coming towards you. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Oh, oh! You know what? Ooh, I think I, it's getting a little hot in here. <laughs> I feel very comforted and not scared. It's there's like a thing on the ocean floor like this, right? Isn't there like a thing on the ocean floor where like thousands and thousands of worms kind of stick up in that kind of position? Whoa. There are uh, like eels that do that. That reminds yeah. me, Austin. I hope you saw the news that since you're doing so much stuff with geothermal vents in a. Uh, the uh, wet, uh, wet side. Uh-huh. Um, they've now discovered that there are things living under that as well. Ooh. Oh my. Yeah. There's. It's getting wild down there. It's basically science fiction. It's. Ba- it's basically fantasy at the bottom of the ocean already. So I'm not. I don't need to do that much work. Um. Yeah. I. I think. Uh. Maybe. Maybe it's like a little combination of both. So we're we're traveling deeper into the um. Uh, the the root system of this tree getting uh, all these little like uh, vine root <laughs> fingers wrapping uh, them around us as we like trudge deeper and deeper um, to lay like, all light is kind of blocked out and then they start to recede uh, slowly letting the light back in as we continue to to walk until we are transported into the mind palace all right 
you guys will go through that process. You're you're walking in. These these roots strangle you in in a, a strange way, and then slowly recede, revealing to you a new location that you're in. You find yourselves inside of a living room. It is sort of inside of this this wooden house. Uh, you you can find. Um, sort of like an attachment to this room that leads into what looks like a kitchen area. And uh, it seems to be sort of well furnished and 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 well lived in as well. Uh, let's look around. Investigation? Yeah. So uh, you guys, I would like an investigation check. Uh, however, this will not be considered a group investigation check. Uh, I think that this is uh, all three of you picking your own way to try to investigate this 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 scene. Chris, Jesus, I hate you. Crit, <laughs> I focus very hard on my leaves, and I just spin around, throwing them in every direction. And all my little leaves are like, uh, you know, like the fingerprint powder at a crime scene. Okay, Bye. so we're gonna we're gonna cover all. <laughs> Hylia last. Uh, in the meantime, we, we got passes from everybody here. So uh, we're going to start with Stranger. Uh, what would it? What would you be drawn to in this investigation? What is it in this room you would you would find yourself first drawn to? Um, I think uh, Stranger. So he knows that this man died in a fire, mm-hmm. um, and he's probably drawn immediately to if there's any sort of like lit uh candles or lamps in this building what is going to incite this man's death how did he actually die okay so yeah you absolutely could find a bunch of like um small lanterns kind of hung on the walls and things of that nature uh, but none of them are currently lit in fact they're they're kind of uh cold to the touch when you go to investigate them um there's like a little bit of ash in them maybe they haven't been cleaned in a little bit yeah, I think he like runs his uh his hand through the ash and like lets it sift through his fingers. Um and then probably determines that this fire is coming from outside of the building. <laughs> or this is entirely metaphorical. When you, you go and you swipe your finger through the ashes, you see a message inside as sort of engraved into the into the lantern. Oh? What does it say? It says the happiest time in my life was when we were family. Ooh. <laughs> Lillian, what would you be drawn to in this room? What what calls to you? How are you trying to investigate? Well, I think that uh, something that Lillian takes a lot of stock in and uh, values a lot is uh, like the things that Roman, that's the name? That, yes. Uh, Roman would have maybe been doing like during like and bef- like before and dur- like during the fire which is like probably like investigating like anything that would have been used as like uh something to pass the time entertainment uh books scrolls games that kind of thing like looking through uh-huh. like any bookshelves or like drawers that might be holding stuff yeah uh absolutely you could find definitely some books that are on the table um, and you see that one is currently already opened up. Ooh, I'm going to check out that book and see what page it's open on. 
Uh, you open the book up and you find that there is a line of text at the top of the book that says, I should never be forgiven for this. Mm. And then you turn the page and it's just the nastiest fanfic you've ever read. And you're like, no one should forgive this man. We can leave immediately. It's Baby Genius's fanfic. God damn it. Say, you, tur- you turn the page and it's Baby Genius's the script. L- L- Lillian's entire worldview has been 180'd ex- extremely quickly. Let's, we, ha- we have to get out of here. We got to get out of Dodge. <laughs> can I just, I'll give you all the screen cap of this film I'm watching. Have any, have any people ever looked less like they were in a place than <laughs> all these actors standing oh, outside of St. Peter's no. Basilica. It's, that's not uh, Steven Seagal, is it? No, but it should be. <laughs> uh, these children look very confused. Uh, everyone seems uncomfortable. Uh, I don't like that the children are wearing like half of an outfit. Yeah, it's making that's, me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, it's just, it's it's distracting. I don't understand why. Uh, these look like like three-year-olds. I, I don't get it. Be- I hate this. <laughs> because if they didn't have a diaper on, you'd forget these are baby geniuses. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. They're like, what do people identify with? Babies? Diapers? All right. <laughs> let's, yeah, this- get these, let's get these three-year-olds in diapers <laughs> this, again. This does look to be like a, like a three-year-old. Are they implying these three-year-olds are just constantly shitting themselves that they weren't body trained? I said St. Peter's Basilica. Obviously, this is St. Basil's a Cathedral, a different building in you, Russia. You fucking idiot. I Get didn't want to embarrass leave. you. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this, Austin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone, of course, knows the difference between these buildings. I, I, like, last thing I'll say is that um, I, I think when uh, Lillian sees that bit of text in the book, uh, Faye is going to look kind of concerned but like not quite sure what to make of it yet mm. all right hi Elia. what would you be investigating in this place yeah i mean with my crit i'm trying to get as broad of a coverage as possible uh are the rules are the physics different in here in the in the because you said mind palace i don't know if we're gonna kind of have a different in-universe term in the tree space um brain like, shack huh brain shack yeah um but yeah I'm, I'm thinking she kind of focuses on her leaves lets them kind of uh you know waft away into the corners of the room and for she doesn't always feel her leaves once they've left but just long enough as if she's doing like echolocation you know just getting a sense of the whole room okay so yeah one thing that i think you find yourself uh drawn to is a section of photographs you can find like a, a section of what look like sort of uh, photos of the family. Um, there, seen, there are some of Harper. There are some of what you would assume is the extended family. This is a family that looks all very uh, identical to one another. Like you can see the parents. You're like, yeah, it's, those are Harper's parents. I, I see it like right, right there. It's there. Uh, but you do see one photo that is uh, all of them, uh, or rather not all of them. It is Harper and roman together you can identify roman in that he looks uh near identical to harper uh but as you stare at the photo you find that uh roman's face starts to get paler and paler to the point where it is almost uh sort of like sheet white 
and all detail in his eyes start to vanish so they become like these pupilless things whoa i just i've been thinking about the season as psychonaut season for so long i just realized it could also be silent hill season so that's exciting um yeah (laughs) can i roll religion about uh this seemingly uh changing photograph sure yeah you can absolutely roll it this is actually one of her better skills i i imagine this season religion is going to kind of be uh synonymous with tree stuff uh that's just a 10, so just an, just an average. Uh, this doesn't strike you as any kind of religious signal of any kind, um, but I will say that because of your earlier crit, you catch something out of the corner of your eye that did not seem to be in this room a couple minutes ago, and it is a blue stuffed rabbit that is sitting on a mantle place right next to the photographs. I, uh, I gesture to the other party members and I say, look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I, I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> How did our eyes get so red? What the hell was on Roman's head? Um, are, fo- are photographs weird in this universe? Are there just like steampunk cameras everywhere? Or is that weird for our D&D characters? Uh, I don't think you would find it weird. This might be a technology you're unfamiliar with, uh, Hialeah, but... It seems like this is sort of the the early ages of photography. This is not like uh, uh, this is this is like hey, stand here for you know maybe thirty minutes or whatever, and we're gonna snap this photo with a, a big lens or whatever and a big big gunpowder explosion. So to to sum up details thus far, uh, the happiest time in my life was when we were a family. I should never be forgiven for this, and they are identical twins. I, 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 will, I will say that them being identical twins is not uh, necessarily the case. They just look very similar. I don't know if you know any people who are siblings and you're like, holy shit, these two people look fucking uncomfortably similar to one another. To look at the blue bunny, uh, would that be an insight check to kind of get its situation? Because I, I was thinking investigation, but I just crit on that. Is that the, the next step you think? Uh, I think give me a perception check. Okay, perception. Let, let me let me see if you can look this thing over. That's going to be a seventeen. Should we all be perceiving? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Hialeah was trying to gather you around. Seventeen. It, it, it led to a Nickelback joke, but <laughs> joke is strong. We can all just appreciate Nickelback, right? Like we're all old enough and wise enough to understand that they're not any worse than any other pop rock band. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, that is a great success. 17, 17, and 16. You guys absolutely can look this rabbit over. It is, uh, severely aged. This rabbit seems to have, uh, been living a long life as a a little furry friend. Um, but as you look it over, you can see that there is a name tag, uh, attached to the, the foot of the rabbit. And on it, it just says, uh, Dumas. D-U-M-A-S. Hmm. I lean down to the blue rabbit and just say, big fan of your ice cream. <laughs> or if it says Starks. I think Roman might have done something. Can you elaborate? 
so he gestures to uh, the two um, like notes that he and uh, Lillian found. He is showing regret for some action. It sounds like maybe he might not want to come back, or he does something he feels is unforgivable. Maybe he just feels bad. Maybe he accidentally set the place on fire. He feels bad about that. From what Harper told us, it was, I believe, what, a run-in with pirates? I think it was like... Like, Roman had a, a, a lucky encounter getting away from pirates and then lived his life and then the house cow on fire. Maybe pirates were involved then too, though. Um, yeah, I think uh, Stranger wants to try to, I guess, find something indicative of what Roman was doing up to his death. Like, what was what were his, was going on in his life before the end? Sure. Uh, so interesting that you say that as you, you all kind of have this discussion about what you found so far. Uh, you uh, notice that there is a staircase behind you that has not been there before. All right. So this this is definitely working on non-physical uh, rules here. Space is warped. Time is bendable. So that's good. I believe there's nowhere to go but forward. So as you approach the staircase, uh, you can feel heat uh, starting to billow down from upstairs. And you notice at the top of the staircase, it is on fire. Yes. Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Silent Hill, Psychonauts, but extra scary. Uh-huh. It's, I think it kind of just depends on who's talking. When when Dan talks, it's Silent Hill. When I talk, it's <laughs> Psychonauts. <laughs> well, that means that there's a chance there's going to be like a, a monster that for some reason now everyone wants to fuck. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't want to so much fuck Pyramid Head as uh, I would appreciate spending time with them holding hands and then we'll see where it goes you, but you immediately knew who i was referring to <laughs> which says something about culture yeah dan there's only one cool silent hill bad guy i don't make the rules okay mm, someone hasn't seen the nurses interesting <laughs> uh, all right i know where austin's brain goes <laughs> so so I, w- I, w- I want to ask, when you say that the staircase is on fire, do you mean like at the bottom of the staircase that we haven't gone down yet? Or has it like erupted into fire around where we are? I should have clarified. I apologize. Thank you for correcting me. This is the staircase leading upwards. And oh. at, the top, at the top of the staircase, there is fire. All right. Okay. I don't have all of our spell lists memorized. Does anyone have access to water? Let me see. We are plant people. This feels like something we should have thought about. Although I guess it's good we did (laughs) metagame, right? We didn't try to come in and and cover our bases. That's fun. I have shape water, but that requires water to be there. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I I don't have any water-based spells. I do have absorb elements, but that's only good for me when it's happening. 
Yeah, I don't have anything uh, explicitly on my character sheet. I will say baobab trees uh, are famously uh, very rotund because of all the water they carry. So I could imagine a scenario where I like poke a hole in my tummy to let some water out and you shape it. I don't know the rules for that exactly. I would assume I would take some damage or do some kind of constitution roll. But uh, yeah, that's that's it's that's outside of game mechanics. That's just kind of having fun with it. Austin, you really love you really love to bring up that baobabs have a lot of water in them. Uh huh. <laughs> I actually have a re- uh, specific. I mean, also it's just a fun fact about them. But I do. It's it's the flavor of a different ability I have. So we'll get back there. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. One of these days we'll find out what's inside Austin's tummy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Stranger would a- almost be, like, reticent to putting out the fire because I think he's coming into it with, like, the idea that we have to experience who he was and what happened to him to understand what's occurring here. So his gut feeling would be to just calmly walk up the stairs into the flames. Sure. Uh, is anyone else following, or is, is Stranger taking this sort of uh, religious expression alone? I think that um, Lillian's thought process here is, all right, we're inside of Ro- Roman's last moments, and this is like, we are reliving it. I want to do, like... Like, I think I want to figure out if, like, if we walk into this fire, does it actually hurt us? Or is it, like, an illusion because we're inside somebody's mind? How much does how, how much does this hurt us or not? So I think all of that is to say Lillian does probably, like, start... Lillian, like, follows really shortly after Stranger because in, in Fairmind, it's like, oh, like, what if this is just some kind of, like illusion like a like a stage trick oh. hi alia um no i'm standing at a safe distance behind uh <laughs> in her own mind she's like oh, i just want to write down what happens but uh you know somewhere in the subconscious it's like i don't want to be on fire <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh give me a dexterity saving throw stranger okie dokie seven <laughs> so you're confident you have uh, an absolute belief this is going to work. And as you walk into the fire, you catch fire. It, it hurts. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't think it was so much that he was confident he wouldn't get hurt. Just that this is what he has to do. Uh, so I, I will say this right now. As you, you start to catch fire, you can, you know, continue on through or you can step back. Uh, it, it, how much damage you're going to take depends on what you do right here. Um, let's see here. I, uh, I'll, I'll cast and absorb elements on myself in this scenario. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's not suicidal. He's, he's just trying to do what he thinks is, like, needed here to understand this person. Sure. Uh, so uh, I, so have, can you... I have resistance, effectively, to, uh, to fire, uh, until the start of my next turn. Sure. Can you, can you just read me what, uh, absorb elements does? Yes. the audience who may not know D&D too well. Uh, reaction. Uh, when you take acid, fire, cold, uh, lightning, or thunder damage, uh, the spell captures some of the incoming energy, lessening its effect on you and storing it for your next melee attack. You also have resistance uh, to, uh, to the triggering damage type until the start of your next turn. Okay. 
So you will take uh, six damage, but it is, I believe, halved because of your resistance, or do you just absorb that full six damage? Um, I think the way it's written, it it implies that I take the full damage, but I'm not sure it's supposed to, because it's you have resistance to the triggering damage type. That means half until the start of your next turn. Yeah, resistance means it takes half. Right, but it does that. This is well, this is a it's, programmatic it's a re- argument of does it occur? Does the resistance take place after you've taken the damage or not? Oh no, it's a reaction. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that this is a reaction. You react to being hit by an element by absorbing it and becoming resistance resistant to it for a period of time. So you would take half damage from it. Okie dokie. Free damage. Uh, but the important question then is, Lillian, you see that Stranger does catch fire and he casts a spell. Uh, do you continue walking into the fire? I think as soon as Lillian sees that Stranger did in fact catch on fire, Faye is going to like stop like the moment before Fairfoot was going to like enter the flame zone and then like take a step <laughs> back and go like, oh, d- d- just like, oh, okay, okay, that, that, that. This fire is real here. Okay. Uh, stranger, uh, are, are you okay in there? Are you going to come back? Are you going to keep going? Like, I, I think I might stand right here if you need any backup and no further. I believe we must proceed. There is work to be done. Hmm. All right. Stranger is on the other side of this fire. Hylia, Lillian, how are the two of you going to proceed getting through? That is a very good question. I don't have any spells that could help with this. Yeah, I'm just a dumb I, fighter. I, so my my <laughs> my intuition is to go back into the living room, grab up a bunch of uh, blankets and uh, you know things like that to try to smother the flames, and just try to do do something like that. Just makeshift uh, uh, firefighting techniques. I don't know what kind of role you would like for that. I would love a survival check. Oh. Let's see if you're if you're handy at putting all this together, finding what you need. That's a four. Just a four. <laughs> uh, it looks like four. there is uh, unfortunately only one blanket downstairs, and it's uh, pretty small. So it, it doesn't look like it'll cover your your massive size. Oh no! How big is shame. this? How, how big is this fire? Like. It it covers the staircase. You can see through it. Like you can see Stranger, like kind of standing over, or like his his uh, head popping over the top of the flames. But it it covers it. This isn't something you could like sneak underneath. Maybe maybe you could jump over it. Uh, I, I was, but you could. I I have a pretty good acrobatics because. Uh, I guess I do a lot of like stunt work in, uh-huh. in the theater, and I was wondering if I could like try to roll for acrobatics to like get through this as fast as possible to minimize the damage. Sure, if you if you'd like, you can give me an acrobatics check to see if you can leap over the fire and sort of uh, roll your way past it. Twenty-two. Holy fuck. Yeah, absolutely. You describe this. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you just I think go um, for it. Just after Lillian's uh kind of like surprised that fire is real actually. Uh is going to like take that step back <laughs> and then kind of like uh rub her hands together, like uh pull down 
a fair little spellcasting focus, which is a little masquerade mask, and uh, try to remember the stunt work that Faye has done before, and then just try to back up and barrel forward to just try and get up the stairs as quickly and painlessly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Faye absolutely succeeds. Uh, You are up at the top of the stairs next to Stranger, and all we have left is to figure out how Hylia gets up there. Yeah, this is the great question. You've thrown a, a puzzle perfectly suited to my character, which is to say a negative four acrobatics. The idea, like, so, she sees uh, Fair jump and just like laughs, like, ha ha, jumping. What a silly idea. Can you imagine someone <laughs> <laughs> propelling their body off the ground? <laughs> what a lark. Um, that's not happening. That's, that's not what we're doing here. Um, can you all look ahead, see if there's a source of water or something? Because I am, yeah, I don't think I'm walking up this staircase anytime soon. Just if you want to hunker down the fort downstairs, we could try to look around and see if we can find anything. Yeah, I mean, I'll stay, I crit on my, you know, investigation for this place, so I assume there's nothing else for me here, Quinn. If there is, I can, we can split the party for a moment, but. Uh, so I'll say this, you've already seen that this, the treescape or, or tree palace, whatever you'd like to call it, mm-hmm. can change. It, it can shift and, and reveal things to you uh, sort of at a moment's notice. So not necessarily is, is everything down here. If you'd like to split things up for the time being, you absolutely could do so. Um, it just, decide, just comes down to, to whatever you two would like or whatever you, your group would like. Yeah, I mean, I know logically, like, my character can tank X amount of damage. Like, I could just walk through the fire. But, like, I'm being honest about, like, this person. Like, no one would just be like, well, I could I could survive with 20% of my skin <laughs> to burn to a grip. That's <laughs> just not a decision that she would make. So she's like, no, uh, you two go ahead. I'm going to keep looking around down here and see if the, the, the tree reveals anything to me. Happy hunting. Ominous. So ominous. <laughs> It really does feel ominous, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just how he talks. I really expected to be like, happy Halloween, and then like push something down the stairs at you like a flaming barrel. Why is this erotic like pumpkin being so strange? My my girlfriend has developed a habit of going, uh, meow, get the fuck out the way, and then pushing me. <laughs> okay. She did it on the stairs recently. That was rough. Yeah, it's very on brand. I'm going to put a picture in here. This is just Austin's uh, hyperfixation corner of a baobab tree being turned into a water reservoir. So it's a cool, oh. it's a cool diagram, I thought. Ooh. Do we enjoy this? Yeah. We yeah, do but you need to like It would need to have like a drill into one of its tree branches so you could just kind of suck on it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, just the big straw hanging out of it. All right. So I think uh, we're going to continue on for a moment with Stranger and Lillian. Uh, you are both at the top of this staircase and you can see that it kind of like rounds a little bit of a corner and there's a, lar- a long hallway. Uh, I should note, everything is on fire. Uh, the walls are on fire. The ceiling is on fire. Uh, it's not immediately dangerous to you. Um, and you succeeded in all your investigation and perception checks and everything. You've been killing it so far. So I will, I will note to you that while everything is on fire, it does not seem to be spreading. Uh, it almost feels as if the fire is waiting for you. 
Um, is there a room that seems to e like have either to be less on fire or more, uh, vice versa? Yeah, so this hallway leads down. There are three doors. Two of them are shut. One of them at the end is where sort of everything looks to be on fire and it is uh, open to you. I see. Um, and the less on fire doors, if we try to open them, are they unlocked? Uh, they are not. Uh, would you like to try them? Like you're 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 just gonna try to open them? Uh, yeah. If there's like one close by that's uh that he can reach without burning himself, he'll try to open it. Yeah, absolutely. So while the store is on fire, they're just kind of embers right now, not unlike the last store, which is you know in a a full on sort of uh, mm -hmm. uh emulsion at this point. I don't know if that's the word, but uh, it's it's you know that that's an inferno kind of going on. Uh, but when you you try to open this door. It's it's not budging, and you don't think it's because it's, like, locked or anything like that. It feels like there's no, like, it, it feels like there isn't an ability, like, this door doesn't exist to be opened. Mm -hmm. You're, like, whole, it's almost like it's, a, like, a wall with a doorknob it, on it. It's like a video game door that doesn't have an actual room behind it. It's like a decoration on a stage. Uh-huh. Uh, but there is one door that is open to you then I believe that is the place to go to. Is there anything on the door that, like, marks off what this room is? Like, is this uh, Harper and uh, Ronan's room don't keep out? Um, yeah, I, I think it could, it could have a little uh, label on it that says, uh, has like an R on it, we'll say. Mm -hmm. So this would be Roman's room, presumably, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this is a bedroom that is uh, on fire, <laughs> kind of uh, significantly on fire. Uh, nothing immediately like on top of you or anything like that, like the staircase. But you do find yourselves surrounded by kind of a, a sort of small raging fire. Um, is there, and I guess to ask the previous question, is there anything in this room that is conspicuously not on fire? Mm. Um no. Okay. Let's just all I will say that there are several things in this room that you can see. There's like a giant bed. There is kind of fire on that. Uh not a lot, but a little bit. There is like a wardrobe that's on fire. There is, you know, stuff shattered on the ground, and there is uh quite noticeably uh a, a sort of human body shaped fire going on uh just like to the outside of the bed um it's probably hard to tell is this roman i would assume <laughs> this is roman right now that fire is going wild you can't see anything it just has that vague shape to it at this point just i think i think if we see like a person shape fire in here i think L lillian I, I don't have much to try to help put out a fire but i think lillian would 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 be like oh hold hold on just hold on there we got you and, and try to like put it out somehow <laughs> like probably i i assume probably fail at that but like they're they're trying if you go to touch it, it it is hot to the touch you absolutely could try to put this out if you want but i will note that this fire is is dangerous to 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 get towards you'll you'll take some damage if you attempt to do that 
Yeah, I, th- I think uh, just f- feeling it out, if Lillian sees someone, like, s- something that looks like it is a person in here, like, I, I think that, like, that same, like, emotion brain that wants to protect a stupid cow activates and Faye, like, w- will risk the damage to try to put them out. <laughs> I sure. Think- I think Stranger will try to grab her if she's running into the, to the room into to save a dead person. Yeah, just like if if you grab a fair arm, like I think that uh, Faye will like pause for a second and be like, "Stranger, what 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 do you think? What do you think? What do you what do you think we should be doing?" Lillian, they're dead already. I, this is a memory. I know. I know. But it's upsetting, you know? It's upsetting to see someone on fire. <laughs> Unless they're on the cover of Pink Floyd album, then it's awesome. <laughs> of course, but there is nothing to be done. What has come to pass has already passed. Just like, if you grab their arm and you say that, like, I do think, at least at that point, Lillian would, like, take a deep breath and be like, all right, we're past that, I... We are past that. I will try to think of something else, a little less getting myself burnt. Um, long shot. You said there's a wardrobe, right? Uh huh. There's a wardrobe. There's some stuff smashed on the ground. There's a bed. Yeah. Uh, there's a window. There's a lot of things. Uh, well, you've mentioned a window. Is there anything interesting outside the window from a view? Uh, if you look out, you just sort of see uh, rolling hills, more or less. This this house seems relatively isolated from everything else. Okay. Um, is there, uh, by any chance, like a journal anywhere? Mm. Uh, well, we've already done some perception checks. Um, so I'll say this. If you are looking through the wardrobe... Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not see anything uh, that comes across to you as a journal. There's a lot of clothing in there, uh, and I don't know how strangers uh, searching sort of detective at a, a rhythm would go. I don't know if you're like frantically throwing clothes everywhere or if you're like very slow and methodical in how you do this. I, I don't know. You can be kind of a... a, a, a uh, American psycho kind of vibe sometimes. <laughs> I, I think um, he's looking for something that would be hidden because his inclination is that if based off of what he like what he knows about Roman so far is that he's had kind of like a sketchy life. So he's like trying to see if there's a false bottom under anything or like a like a loose floorboard or something like that where he might have hidden something um maybe indicating like to, to indicating something of his double life or what led him to this scenario sure in fact actually can you give me an insight check okay uh, as you are trying to interact with the the sort of very vibe that is roman 16 16 is very good I will say uh, this might seem disappointing. You do not find anything hidden in this place, but I think that is actually what you discover is that 
while you don't find anything, it seems as though everything is is being laid pretty bare. It does not seem like there is a, a layer of artifice over anything here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like anything is being kept from you. Um. Okay. All right. Um. There, there's been no indication that anyone else has been here, right? Elaborate. <laughs> like, uh, uh, how how would I put this? Um, like, there has there been any indication of like these pirates or something coming in for a struggle, like damaged, uh, damaged furniture or anything? This place, it just seems like there is a fire that has consumed this building. Sure. Uh, I think let's let's go with uh, another investigation check for for just stranger. Then, if this is what you're investigating, and uh, I will also ask. I got a Lillian botch. Wants to- oh. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, I will say that this is actually very interesting, and I kind of thank you for this, Dan. Uh, so, <laughs> stranger is sort of looking about. And you find yourself kind of walking about. You're you're investigating things. I don't I don't know how you if you have like a little magnifying glass or how you're imagining your character trying to like sleuth for clues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you find that you step on some broken glass. Okay. And you're going to take two damage from it as you're just like, ow, that Owie. hurts. <laughs> The house seems to respond actively to you having this happen. It seems as though the house responds to you making this mistake. And in that moment, the the wardrobe that was standing there tilts over as though by sort of, um, you would say accident, but it almost seems cosmic how this happens in response and collapses Trapping the two of you inside of this room. Hell yeah. And at that point, we're going to cut over to uh, Hialeah. Yeah. Do you want something from me as I wander around in the, the living room? Sure. Um, let's get... What, 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 what calls to you right now? I'm feeling a little frisky. Well, I have an ability here. Uh, because I'm playing a treant which is not a uh, monster, you know, a creature that's normally allowed. It's a reflavored Fearbolg. Fearbolg has something called Fearbolg Magic. I've written Treant Magic, obviously. And I can cast Detect Magic on myself with a recharge during a short rest. So I was looking to see if there's anything uh, particularly magical here, anything that seems out of order, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a predator vision in, in the house. Mm. I will say something that does call to you uh, as you activate this is a newspaper that is sitting on so or it's sort of uh, pushed off to the side with a bunch of things. It sort of like seems like stowed away with a couple other sort of random pieces of like maybe photo albums or or some other kind of thing. But it, it, it glows as you activate your your detective vision. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would like to look at the newspaper. First of all, printing presses invented. Huge coup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Congratulations. And and uh, cameras. So we're doing great. Yeah, things are going pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. 
I mean, there's fucking trains in Eberron, you know, whatever. Do <laughs> there, there was also a future biome in Nine, so... Yeah. Yeah, probably. just like straight up future biome. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... I, uh, I, I don't want to act like a, a, a fool with like a, a deer in the headlights kind of thing. I, I would like to note that this uh, kind of level of technology, I think, is something that will be explored in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, you can look at this newspaper and the, the front story sort of in bold is like pirate hostage situation resolved, miraculous lone survivor rescued. Ah, okay. Are, is, uh, are we adding these things to my inventory? I don't remember if we said explicitly putting the blue bunny in my pack or uh, you know the book or any of that. Also, who's taking notes? Please say someone's taking notes. This is a mystery. I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'll add the newspaper to my inventory. This might come in handy later. <laughs> you know, I got to put it into a hole or something to turn a crank. I've played Silent Hill before. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can absolutely do that. I'll say one last thing as you, you, uh, I don't know. Do you gloss over the article at all? No, I mean, I'm in no hurry. I'm not being attacked or okay. anything. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So yeah, as you, you read through this, it does seem to give you a little bit of a description of what happened that there was a pirate ship of Kuatoa that attacked a civilian vessel and took everyone on board hostage and it seems as though a rescue party was eventually assembled together to save the hostages by the time they had gotten there everyone had been sacrificed except for one person the lone survivor uh roman uh there is a pull quote at the end uh, as though roman had been interviewed for this uh where he just says the truth will hurt him. I'm so sorry. Just that poll quote without context. This is a terrible journalist. Uh, highly SS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not using any of the you know the structure. It's not like the re- the reverse pyramid. Like, the, come on, what where what's the state of journalism school in this universe? I <laughs> uh, maybe it's a burgeoning field. Uh, what was the exact quote again? Uh, the truth will hurt him. I'm so sorry. The truth <laughs> will hurt him. I'm spelling wrong because I can't see my fingers. I wrote the truth will nurt him. <laughs> the truth will That would be great. <laughs> it was misspelled in the full quote. The truth will nurt him. The truth will nurt you free. <laughs> I think I've got some pieces coming together potentially here. Yeah, I'm also having some ideas, some, some thoughts. I'm not sure I have enough to make a theory, though. I just do it anyway, uh, uh, Sarah. You, you should just do it. It's what I. It's my strategy. So, Ilya, you have uh, used your detective vision. You found yourself some extra information. Uh, how do you think you're going to proceed? Are you going to hang down here and just chill and see if everyone comes back? You did hear a loud clow, a uh, loud crash. I will say. From upstairs, sort of as you you put your newspaper away into your inventory, there's like a big bang from upstairs. Yeah, if they're in danger, then I, I guess I will uh, charge through uh, the flames. Is there any kind of uh, check? I guess my my thought is athletics to just uh, you know drop my shoulder and just go through it, just to maybe cover myself in the one blanket I found. Um, just trying to do that because I'm not going to jump. That's just not happening <laughs> statistically. 
<laughs> Holy shit. It, yes, absolutely athletics. I love this idea that you're about to be like, fuck. I feel like there's a character who does this, but there's like just the like Captain America in Winter Soldier. He just like at one point runs down a hallway with his shield, just bangs into it real hard. So you can use that momentum to carry him like down the corner. I want that. So give me an athletics to see how we do. Yeah. If my, my Captain America shield is just like a couch or something that I'm holding in front of me. (laughs) All right. Here's athletics. That's an 11. An 11. Uh, An 11 is okay. It is not bad. You did not fail. uh, But you will still end up taking a little bit of damage here. I think you are going to take two fire damage as sort of embers are crisping up the sides of your your body but you you rush through pretty quickly with some protection so you don't get like fully incinerated or anything like that oh no two damage i just shout out i'm sorry i'm done for <laughs> i did my best i gave it my all ah uh, but i assume i get to the top of the stairs and there's a door that's been blocked by a wardrobe yeah, you can you turn the corner in the after you get up the stairs, there's a hallway and you see this uh this this the you see this hallway and at the end of it there is a room that is open and on fire, but there is like a wardrobe now blocking the door inside. Perfect. Now I get to reveal what all that water talk was about. So I <laughs> the kind of fighter I am is a rune knight, which by the book is about carving runes uh, to give your spell special powers. I've already talked about how she has just collected a bunch of uh, runes on equipment she's picked up over the years. She's not the carver herself, but she's also experimenting with them. Like a last episode, we sh- we saw that she can like summon fiery chains uh, if she uses her sword in a certain way. Uh, this ability called Giant's Might. Uh, I become large, first of all, and then I get an advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. And the flavor of this is if you, I'm picturing uh, Hialeah with kind of a, a rotund midsection. She's kind of a chonky tree, but she can move the water around in her body and like Popeye. Uh, her. Br- oh. <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, you're Popeye, but a tree. You're going gear three. So, so we have <laughs> multiple yeah. cartoon character, uh, early uh, 1900s cartoon characters in this party. Yeah. So yeah, her becoming large isn't just like a magical effect. It's like just redistributing it to her like biceps and quads and becoming uh yoked and she has a nasty strength (laughs) check and advantage on that so i'm going to try to just demolish the wardrobe like uh, a total badass here uh 25 jesus that's an attack roll then or is that just a strength check that's my strength check yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can uh, tell me how you do this. How, how like you can send this thing flying with that kind of strength check. Twenty five. It's the first arc, Austin. <laughs> the audience, the audience needs numbers to like escalate with the story. Yeah, I mean, this is something she can do three times per arc. Uh, it's actually it's equivalent to your proficiency bonus, and it's three right now. It will get higher. Uh, but yeah, she pushes all the water water in her body into like her calves, so she can kind of spring forward. She, once again, not jumping off the ground, just you know the way. I boxer you know kicks off the ground and into her arms which become you know huge and she just popeye punches uh the wardrobe into splinters just shatters it uh and it's just like look peeking into the room <laughs> to see if you all are okay <laughs> but uh just just pure brute idiocy uh stranger will tip his hat thankfully to hylia and walk out of the bedroom <laughs> 
J- J- L- Lillian will be like, uh, like Faye is a little bit in awe, like, oh, what, what, what an amazing show of strength. Thank you. I am what I am. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and it only lasts for like a minute. So the water just drains back into my tummy from, from my limbs. Aww. And she, she just goes back to being kind of plump. Uh, as she explains to you all the newspaper, uh, you know, suspicious hostage situation and the, and the poll quote. So it's like, you know, I don't know if this is a bad guy, but he certainly seems guilty about something. Um, did it. So the what is it? Um, pirates uh, attack the ship. He's the only survivor. How long between the pirates attacking the ship and him getting rescued was it? Uh, that detail seems to be kind of vague. It seems like there were, like, maybe a couple days before rescue happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, what state was he in when he was rescued? Does it mention that at all? It doesn't specifically, no. Okay. You just get that, that glorious pull quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the pull quote was, the truth will hurt him. I'm so sorry. I'm getting an image that he may have betrayed his fellow shipgoers. Just, I, I am also getting some kind of vision in my mind that so, something happened on that ship in between the hostage happen and get rescued. The question is, did he just save himself or did he lead the incident to occur. So just talking out of character, I'm still curious about how, like, the rabbit ties into this. There was a name tag, uh, Dumas. Like, is there... Can I, like, roll history to see if, like, maybe that, like, comes up in the newspaper or, like, there's some way to, like figure out like how that's connected to the rest of this like uh-huh. like hostage situation death situation yeah uh give me a history check all right history 25 holy shit what is with you guys <laughs> these rolls are bananas yeah so um let me say this i i want to give you something and the first part of it is that there are several names mentioned in the newspaper. There is a mention of a Captain Dolph. There is a mention of a ship called the Judgment Day. But there is specifically nowhere in this house, in this newspaper pool article, there has not been a single mention of Dumas. That's Dolph, D-O-L-F, or D-O-L-P-H? D- D O L P H. D O L P H. Ship called Judgment Day, but no mention of uh-huh. Dumas. It, it should also be noted that in the newspaper article, Captain Dolph, along with the entirety of the crew, were killed. Does it specify um, what the Judgment Day was doing? Was this like a, a merchant ship, a, a working ship? It does not seem as though they were able to exactly figure it out. Uh, There 
were uh, only there was only one survivor, and they weren't able. To, at least in this newspaper article, there is no more information for what they said beyond the pull quote at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the next step is to proceed to the. I think there's one more flaming door that's completely engulfed. Uh, no, so I, I will say this: you uh, basically. Um, start kind of going over your your notes and your your catalog uh, categorizing everything and you hear a voice say i'm so sorry just looking around where did that voice come from uh there's no role needed the voice is coming from the body of uh the person incinerated in this room they say I'm so sorry. And you start to see the fire itself sort of lift off of the body and split in two. So there are now two flaming uh, people, like two humanoid fires. Yeah, there we go. Just dropped an image yeah, in there. Yeah, absolutely. I dropped an image in there. Oh, uh, I see. There are two flaming bodies standing in front of you, and they seem agitated. This was the coolest part of Metal Gear Solid Five. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Such a lust for revenge. Who? <laughs> I say, roll initiative, friends. Oh fuck! All right. Let's see, initiative. Before we start the combat, I do have to announce I have finished watching Baby Genius and the Genius the Baby's <laughs> Face. Jesus. Uh didn't didn't last that even the full episode of recording. They kept it nice tight 75 minutes. <laughs> Almost like they, they didn't have a lot the, of content. Did the baby geniuses meet the space baby? Where is the space baby in space? Was it like a space race baby? Yeah. Like, li- li- I watched it. I watched it with the sound off, so I mean, I might got some of the details wrong. But there was a space baby who fought uh, John Voight with a kind of a laser toy. There was a big showdown at the end. Cops came, and then uh, John Voight flourished his cape and teleported away, which he has the ability to do. So, um, yeah, with with long ass credits, eighty two minutes. Wow. <laughs> well, they had to thank everybody. Sure. <laughs> Including uh, Moscow, I believe, uh, right? For letting us visit. <laughs> yeah, there was Soviet technology of some pop in some capacity. It was hard to really parse together. That's how Sputnik uh-huh. was involved. So, Stranger, there are two fiery figures uh, standing facing you. I will note that as the fires start to kind of like mold and shape themselves into a more human and humanoid form, uh, one of them has a more masculine appearance and one has a more feminine appearance. Uh, but in unison, they just say, I'm so sorry. Um, so there, there was like a full family living in this house, right? Uh, from what you were told by Harper, it was just him and his brother. His par- their parents had passed a we, long time ago. We saw a um, a picture of the full family, right? Though, uh-huh. uh huh. Do these silhouettes resemble them at all? Um, not per se. It's tough to tell because the details of the face are all kind of fire and, mm-hmm. and constantly shifting and moving. Uh, but you don't believe they are explicitly meant to be like. Oh, these are the parents or anything like that. Got it. And they're not wearing a big anchor hat like Captain Rolf, right? 
<laughs> Captain Dolph, Dolph, thank sure. you very much. And, uh, no. <laughs> okay, just just checking. Um, all right, let me just see one thing here. I need to see what the stats on these two things. Not my wild shape forms, not whatever this is. Uh, um, okay, so uh, this is going to be uh, the first time Stranger is going to use wild shape. Uh, Stranger is a druid, so he's able to transform into uh, different creatures uh, through the use of wild shape. Um, but as he is a plant person, he is not exactly turning into uh, flesh and blood animals. Um, a strange thing about Harvestkin is that they have like an extended um, ecosystem of uh, pumpkin-esque monsters. So uh, spiders that crawl along uh, like undergrowth. Or in this case, he is turning into something that could be an... Uh, analogous to a brown bear so this squat um heavy bodied uh being he like leans forward to the ground um and the vines around that make up his arms grow thicker and uh more of them sprout as he kind of like i guess the venom symbiote knits himself a new form uh uh-huh. and then he is just going to maul the closest uh Brown bear, uh, not brown bear, fire elemental. <laughs> sure, uh, give me uh, some attack rolls. All right, so I make two attacks for this. Wowzers, yeah, those absolutely both hit. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so that does uh, 22 damage. 22 damage is very good. Uh, describe, how are you attacking this fire elemental? You're just like kind of swinging your claws in or... You know, what, what What are you kind of envisioning this as? Uh, yeah, so uh, Stranger is all about the business. He stands on business right now. Um, uh-huh. And he, like, as as I said, he leans forward, his ha- uh, hands reaching to the ground as he, his uh, shape shifts, and his cloak is just, like, loosely draped over this uh, much larger form now. Uh, and he just launches himself at the closest one, raking his claws down on it before biting into whatever the the shoulder of this uh, beast would be and shaking. All right. Terrifying. Lillian, Faye is up next. <sighs> oh, God. Okay, so while I'm still kind of, like, going through my spells, um, I can still just, like, normal attack these things with, like, my weapon. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because Lillian does have a very fancy-looking rapier. It almost looks like something more for show than for fighting like like a stage fight but like it is a functional weapon so i'm gonna see if that'll hit yeah absolutely uh 12 how's that a 12 unfortunately is a miss uh even though these are beings made of fire they have a little bit of a nimbleness to them damn then for my bonus action, I will expend one uh, bodic inspiration to, uh, let's say, uh, Stranger already did a very big, cool, big, become a, a bear thing. So how about a bardic inspiration to uh, coming up next in line, uh, Hylia, by like uh, doing some jazz hands and, and, and going like, uh, just... Uh, where I fail, you might be able to succeed. Let's go, Hylia! And that is a 1d8. 
All right, uh, seeing a stranger turn into a bear and start biting a fireman, very confusing. Uh, she just runs up and tries to stab at it with her uh, big messed up sword bundle. Uh, 15 and 26 are her attacks. Jesus, yeah, both of those are going to hit. All right, so we have some big damage coming here. Uh, she Once again, uh, it's just like dozens of swords that she's collected over the years. Some she just found on the ground. Some she, you know, slayed people who tried to rob her on the road or whatever. And she's just glued and tied and melted them together. Uh, 23 damage. She just drops this uh, monstrosity into the middle of the fire body. Yeah. Uh, so this, this fire, is, this figure is... Uh, sort of severely hurt as you you cut through as you you try to uh throw sort of a gigantic pile of slag through it and uh it it is sort of flickering at this point doesn't seem to completely vanish but it it does seem as though uh your attacks are very effective against this creature and it it is being worn down all right i'm done uh but that that said it is their turn now And both of these little creatures are going to turn their attention towards the two people engaged. So one of them is going to make a couple attacks against Stranger, and one is going to make a couple attacks against Hylia. So we're going to start with the two attacks against Stranger. Yep, uh, Bear has 11 AC. That is going to be only 10 fire damage, but uh, I guess I have an important question to the class. Are bears considered flammable objects? <laughs> not some, <laughs> not more than any other mammal. I mean, I, I did establish I've got a ratty cloak that is probably flammable. Yes, uh, I will say that that object has uh, caught fire, and you will take fire damage at the start of your turn until you take it out. Basically, you sort of douse the flames. Okie dokie. And the second one is going to make its two attacks against Hialeah. It is 16 and 16 again. Both of those miss. 18. She has... Oh, what? Yeah, fighters are a chonk. Uh, I have shield made of shields uh, in one of my little branches. Yeah, so I guess uh, the one, the, the more feminine one, is going to try to like catch you while you're unaware, and then you just pulled up your shield, and uh, you, you seamlessly kind of block their advance. Yeah, and I have a reaction on the end of my opponent's turn. I can activate my stone rune, uh, forcing a wisdom saving throw on my enemy, specifically the one that hasn't been damaged yet, because I think we're about to finish one of them off. Uh, If you fail Uh this wisdom save, you are charmed for one minute. Uh, Hyalia whispers the magic activation phrase of one of the runes. Don't ask her how she figured out this is how it works, but she just says, Pineapple! (laughs) <laughs> I was doing that to make sure it got in. Uh, <laughs> I botched. Yeah. I roll a natural one to try to resist this. So uh, does that pass? Oh, yeah. One of the many swords in the bundle, probably like <laughs> an elegant uh, curved blade, like glows, uh, you know, pink and uh, just charms the hell out of uh, my, my healthy enemy. So they will not attack me. All right. Uh Let's just real quick see what the status condition for charm actually says so we can read off that effects. Uh, A charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects. 
They have advantage on any ability check to interact socially with the creature now. Interesting. All right. That sends us back to the top of the order. It is Stranger. Okie dokie. So I'm assuming I'm taking damage for being on fire? Yeah. We are going to roll a little extra damage on you. It is going to be only three fire damage. This fire is weak. Uh, I will note something about being a druid mechanically for those who don't know, uh, since this is a new season. Um, Druids, basically when they uh, wild shape, they pretty much just get a temporary health bar. Um, As a brown bear, I will have exactly, pull this up, uh, 34 hit points. So until I have taken 35 hit points, I have not taken one to my actual meat, like permanent health. Effectively, the next treescape you guys go to, there are fucking Gatling guns, <laughs> and they're aiming both right at both of you, chunky motherfuckers, with your extra HP pool and your eighteen AC. Yeah, and then Lillian dies immediately. <laughs> the the downside to being a bear, however, and this is I guess how they get you out of this status, is that once I am in it, I cannot talk and I can't cast spells. However, if I had a spell going before this, I can keep concentration running. Uh, okay, so I am going to uh, first attack the one that I'm currently already in combat with, and see if we kill it. Uh, that's nine. I'm assuming that misses. That is unfortunately a miss. And a 16. The 16 is a hit. All right, that is the claws then. And that is 13 damage. All right. Uh, how do you? How does this go for you? Is this, this elemental is going to be uh, puffing up into smoke in just a second? Describe how it is for you. You killed the dandelion too. You're a kill, kill-stealing hogger. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in this case, no. I did a I did a good chunk of damage to the the this guy. I did kill steal the dandelion. That is true. But but this guy I, I hit. All right. I'm just joking. Uh, he, uh, so his teeth are already latched onto this, um, this flaming, uh, being, uh, and he, uh, rakes his claws into its chest, uh, and just pulls in the opposite direction and, uh, just pulls the, uh, the fire elemental completely into, until it dissipates, uh, into, into smoke and ash. Yeah, absolutely. All that remains is sort of a, a couple wisps of smoke that lead into the ceiling where there there is still fire kind of actively stuck in like a sort of stasis loop of like crackling and burning, but not spreading anymore. And uh, you guys are, are left with uh, one elemental that is charmed. And I I will say right now it is, it is Lillian's turn, but... Uh, for at least the immediate purpose, this creature uh, is is sort of in a a somewhat mixed state as it's been charmed. A stranger says something ominous, but as a bear, it, you, no one understands it. <laughs> ominous bear growling. I don't know if you have a, a play on the land. I get advantage on uh, social rolls here, so. Yeah, it's like Lillian. I, I've been waiting for my turn to roll around again because Lillian wants to pause and. Say like before we keep fighting. I want to. I want to know what, like, like who. Just like, I, I assume it's not like immediately a presumption that this is like Roman because we can't really tell who or what this thing is aside from fire, right? 
Uh, as I'll say, there were there were sort of two figures. One was uh, more masculine, and one was more feminine. I don't want to like explicitly put uh, you know uh, yeah concrete labels to anything. Just one as a way to differentiate the two. Yeah, uh, and then this is this the one remain has I, I would say I guess uh, more feminine energy <laughs> or, or shape <laughs> or however you want to describe it. Were the the voice because these things were also saying I'm sorry, right? Uh-huh. Were the voices different than what we heard originally, or is it the same voice over and over? It's the same voice. I probably okay. haven't done the exact same voice each time because I forget what I how I said it originally. <laughs> yeah. but got it. Uh-huh. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll like um, center myself, repeat myself. Uh, like Lillian wants to pause, and but before we keep fighting, like Lillian goes like before bef- before we keep uh, f- keep this fight going. Uh, who are you? Why are you sorry? I didn't mean to. It was a mistake. I just couldn't bear to see any more pain. Just what 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 was your mistake? If it was a mistake, then obviously you didn't mean it. I'm not. I'm not. And the, the fire elemental just seems to repeat that note over and over again. Uh, Hylia lifts the, the bundle of swords, one of them still glowing, like as if it has, you know, uh, some kind of ongoing power over the elemental is going to roll, I think, intimidation and just say, state your name. What is your unfinished business? 21. Jesus. Fuck, man. <laughs> But I'm, I'm doing uh, the power of Christ compels you with my sword, my, my rat king of swords. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this this elemental, as you threaten, uh, they are going to immediately cower. You know, like imagine sort of like a like a game where your character can now like, you know, maybe like an MMO or something like that, where your character can hit like various emotions for poses or whatever. This is absolutely like immediately turning into like from static into like pleading for themselves, like on their knees, hands up in the air. Uh, And the, the elemental just says, I'm sorry, Duma. I'm sorry. The bunny did it. Oh my gosh. Um, I think Dumas is the name of the rabbit's owner. Who lit the fire? The elemental is going to sort of pause and, and point a finger towards the shattered object on the ground and sort of just shake and quiver. The shattered object? Is that the wardrobe I punched? No, that is not the wardrobe. If you recall at the the start, I mentioned that there was uh, some some broken objects on the ground. Uh, if you turn your attention, you can find the remains of a shattered lantern um, that looks like it fell off a hook on the wall. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, I actually have, as part of my stone rune, which I've discussed before, literally the same thing that lets me charm people, gives me advantage on insight checks. So I would like to do that to here to, to figure out what this person's talking about. 17. 17 as I, I raise my, my bundle of swords. Wow. 
Uh, 17, I will say, first and foremost, you don't think that this is some, someone trying to mislead you or anything like that. This person is pointing in the direction of the smash object and the hook as though there were an answer there. And if you look over, sort of uh, carved into the wall uh, with, like, ash are some words. Drink Ovaltine. Yeah, uh, the hook itself looks like it snapped off, like almost completely. And it just says in this carved message, I'm cursed. This is what I deserve. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Okay, with a 17. So do I think that the, the, this is a literal curse that is affecting this person? Uh, and he feels bad. Uh, and the pirate stuff and the fire were both not his quote unquote fault, but his presence. Is that is that what we're getting? So I want to um, I don't know how to. Uh, so give me uh, a history check, if you would, please. All right. This is sort of a meta history check. Is this everyone or just Hylia? I'll, I'll say everyone because you all can see this okay. message. This isn't hidden information from anyone. Because I'm getting like, did he self-immolate intentionally? I got six. Five. I got 16. Uh, so that is a, a fail. Uh, but I will say that Lillian is able to roll high enough that I will say there is a piece of information. I'm going to say you are able to recall that... Uh, Harper told you about his brother. Didn't didn't he expressly say that he had a run of bad luck? Yeah, it was like he he was very unlucky, but he was fortunate once in surviving the scrap with pirates. Mm, I say as the DM, curious. <laughs> very curious indeed. Is there some cursed pirate treasure hidden that we need to go dig up? <laughs> Um, I will, I will note as you've, you've noted this, uh, the elemental seems to break free of the, the charm, which I believe was supposed to last one minute. So it is, it is aggressive again, and it is going to, uh, turn its attention towards you, Hylia, now that it's free of the charm. And, uh, we're going to go right back at the combat order until we deal with this last one. Okay. I wouldn't. <laughs> she says in character <laughs> uh does a 20 hit your ac sure does yeah how about that all right this is going to be 10 damage uh fire damage are you considered a flammable object i think so no i mean not according to the rules but uh you know you damn can... all right fine <laughs> Uh, you will, you will just take 10 fire damage and we're going to go back to stranger. This elemental is, is, is freed of the mind control. This, this temporary mm-hmm. thing it is angry. Uh, okay. I guess if we were ha- like, if they were discussing this for the span of a minute without a fight going on, stranger probably put the fire on himself out by this point. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking more damage on you that way. He just forgot for <laughs> 60 straight <laughs> seconds to do anything. <laughs> Uh, crit and 18. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. I, yeah, those both hit. Let's let's see what that crit damage is. And then this will be the uh, the bite. Uh, so that is 22 damage. 22 damage is very good damage. 
It's not enough to kill it, but it is it is it is putting a decent chunk in. Lillian, it is your turn. Alright. I think that Lillian is going to use a fair cantrip, vicious mockery, which is a uh, wisdom saving throw, I believe. Mm, yes, the the much hotly debated vicious mockery. I uh, is it a wisdom saving throw? Yeah. Oh, fire elementals do not have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> it is only an eight. Does that pass? No, did it I does win? not. You did not oh, win. Uh, and in my mind's eye, uh, Vicious Mockery has been kind of like uh, renamed in my head in, uh, as instead heckling, like <laughs> heckling from a crowd. It's just like a, trying to think of like d- d- just uh, your, your, your form is poor and fire is overrated. Oh. <gasps> There's like a audible gasp <laughs> and like a small, I would like to say tear, but I guess it's just more fire. <laughs> and that is four psychic damage. Ooh, very good. All right. That deals some damage, but the, the fire elemental is still standing. Anything else you'd like to do? I think not for the moment. No, I think that ends my turn. All right. It is Hylia's turn. All right. She's going to do the fighter thing. 16 and 20. Those both hit. All right, she's just choking up on her her sword like a you know a baseball batter, and just twenty nine damage swings through, just tries to blast them apart completely. Yeah, describe this for me, Austin. Describe how you how you take out this elemental. I mean, she just she has great follow through, great form. You know, keeps the shoulders square, uh, steps into it. Uh, maybe says uh, one of those cool uh, Bond one liners like. You know, my favorite 2019 French historical romantic drama was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and then just swigs through it and sc- scatters this lady all around the room. Ooh, foul ball. <laughs> what, what a reference. Holy shit. It's really good. It's a very good reference. Uh, the elementals have both been defeated. They have turned into ash and, and smoke and, and cinders. Uh, and I will note that the the body that was on fire has also ceased to be on fire. It is it is uh, it has been put out as these elementals have disappeared. Medicine check on the body. What do we do when we see a body in D and D? Friends, this is like Blue's Clues. Medicine check, Austin. Medicine check. Well, I've I've got training in that. Three. Twenty-one. <laughs> Twenty-one also. I love don't the person who's like, let's go do the medicine check. Oh, yeah. Let's go do the medicine check. And then they get there and they're like, I got a three, would you guys get? Yeah, they just push her out of the way. She's standing there just like, oh yes, mm, yeah, definitely. Diagnosis. Uh five cc's of uh yeah, a syringe, chask, alpal, and you two are actually doing all the work and she's just standing I think there. I think it makes sense that Hylia would not really know anything about like a human body to determine like is this normal? Whereas Lillian has like of a, a, the closest to a humanoid body here, and then Stranger grew out of a dead guy. <laughs> yeah, St- Stranger has firsthand experience, like w- with the dead bodies, and then 
I, I imagine Lillian probably like I don't know helps with injuries on set also. <laughs> Highly just pointing at things. Watch out for the lower blood bone. It sounds like me trying to do science on animals. Like I'm like, ooh, uh, that has a thorax, I believe. Correct. <laughs> All right. They're like, well, a dog does not usually. <laughs> so with these double excellent twenty ones, you are able to determine that yes, this body has been burned to a crisp. This is a pretty open and shut case, uh, detective. Uh, but as you investigate this body, as you determine more, you see that. There is a part on the fla- the face where skin is starting to flake off. And at first it is it is very light, almost as like someone brushed up against it. But slowly it starts to increase more and more until giant pieces of it are sort of breaking off. And slowly this burnt face reveals another face underneath. One that is pale white with featureless empty eyes. 